ഫ്രീസ്ഫാ ورزقنا علما يا ذا الجلال والاكرام السلام عليكم ورحمه الله وبركاته الحمد لله وthanks and praise due to Allah to always and forever and salam salat and salam on our beloved prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam the last and final messenger whom Allah has revealed to us has given to us has sent to us to be able to guide us how to be the best of human human beings on this dunya so that we can reap the best of this dunya and the best of the akhirah again that person Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam was we are fortunate to be of those who we were granted the opportunity to be given this prophet as our prophet to send us as a role model a teacher as a guide but the purpose that he was sent was to be able to guide us how to be the best of human beings how to be human in the best form how to be the best of human beings in this dunya to be to reap of the best of the dunya and the best of the akhirah right subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah now that can only happen from a lord something worthy that has got great deep insight not a human being not a professor not a judge not of a lawyer not a a a a, a president they are narrow they know nothing they are deep doctors the lord of the creation that knows everything he sent a messenger he sent a message and a messenger so that you and i can love to become the best of human beings in whatever he has given to you and me as our strengths and our weaknesses and we navigate our process through life to get maximum value out of how to be a decent respectable human being and to reap the best of this dunya for the benefit of this dunya and the benefit of our akhirah may allah grant us insight may allah grant us the ability to be able to come nearer to allah to recognize how fortunate we are we are not ignorant stupid following monkey see monkey do no we have a guideline which is called islam which comes with a message from a lord that has created everything the creator of everything that there is subhanak and he guides us he guides humanity so we not 
just uh, take take here and grab there and, and grab at anything and doesn't know where we're getting to. No, we are very structured, organized, knows exactly where we're going. We know where we come from. We know the process of our life. We know exactly the even the method to apply comes from Allah and His Messenger. What a f- how fortunate are we? So subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. I've shared this as a bit of introduction to let us understand we're dealing with knowing my Lord. And we, in actual fact, we come to identify, we know Allah in Rububiyyah. But we need to see that we come to know Him in Uluhiyyah. And Rububiyyah is all about the might and the power and the qualities that He possesses. And the fact that He's created everything. And whatever there is of isms and ologies and sciences, He's the only creator of them all. And He knows the detail of that. And so He gave all that information to His great prophets. So that when the rest of, when humanity come to this earth, they can grow and develop. And they can grow to the extent that they can become better human beings all the time. If man gives him over to Allah and his messengers, he becomes beneficent to himself and he gets to, into the process of what we call civilization. They become civilized because otherwise when they live in a life of grabbing here and taking there and doing just what they want to and as they wish and as they desire, they become totally uncivilized. And this has been proven. Man has become uncivilized in many ways, various ways until Allah Ta'ala sent the last and final messenger to be able to take man out of the processes of uncivilization, which is called taken out of that uncivilized people totally uncivilized almost ignorant stupid reacting fight and maim and kill and destroy the sadness is man is now developed with so-called knowledge which is supposed supposed to take them into degrees of growth and development but unfortunately they've just entered into a modern uncivilized process the education, the knowledge has gone and taken them to an uncivilized process, a different jahiliya. A jahiliya is even worse than the jahiliyas of before because now today they have the deep knowledge, they have the degrees. But the degrees cause the fact that they kill one another, that they destroy one another, that wars have been created, that they become onto having to have a sense of brag and boast and thinking say, better than others. In the Uluhiyah, we need to come to recognize we are human beings. We are all from one Creator. We are all the human beings in the same way. There's no different in color, in creed, in status, in position, and in wealth. And not the color of your hair, or your eyes, or your body shape, or whatever there is, makes you different to any and everybody else out there. And you re- need to recognize the difference between yourself and another person is the fact that you submit to the cause of Allah. You and me, we submit to the cause of Allah and that makes us different to everybody else who is not submitting to the cause of Allah. And Allah says to us that when you and I need to submit to Allah, we need to look at ourselves and ask ourselves, am I to the extent of what Allah wants for me? For Allah says, Inna akramakum aindallahi atqaakum. Allah's words. Allah says, if you think yourself to be honored, revered, special in any way, this speciality, the reverence that you carry, must be within your taqwa, submission to Allah. May Allah grant us that.
And so when we need to work towards that taqwa, that effort to work towards it, and to see that we submit us to that cause, is called the uluhiyyah of that we have a load of ourselves to submit that to Allah. May Allah grant us to be of those who's going to love and the process. And so we understand the reasons why we are dealing in the exposure of the anbiya and the processes and the things that's happened to them. And we need to ask ourselves, if Allah has given the challenges to the prophets and to the peoples of the prophets before us, and they were given those difficult challenges and they had to strive to get the way in having to submit to Allah with all those difficulties. Do you and I think that to be a Muslim, by calling ourselves Muslim, there's going to be no challenges under no circumstances? Allah says to us in the Holy Quran, is man under the impression? Nay, nay, nay. Allah says, no, no, no. I, I believe that man isn't all that ignorant. Man is wise enough to know that if they want to claim that they are uh, uh, believers, that we are going to test them. We are not going to leave them just to do. We're going to put them into trials and tribulations. It's the words of Allah, a nas is man under the impression. Does man draw as a conclusion? A yutraku that we should leave them off to do things on their own, to do their own thing when they say they believe. There was others whose belief was absolutely very, very strong, firm believers in the, in the religions and the peoples before. Not the religions, in the religion of Allah, in the peoples of before, and the prophets of before, in Allah's command to those people and, and, and the Anbiya, there were people who had the belief that was much more stronger, says Allah. وَلَقَدْ فَتَنَّ الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِهِمْ And we have actually given them trials and tribulations, much more intense and much more severe. And Allah says, and the reason we do that, فَلَيَعْلَمَنَّ الَّذِينَ صَدَقُوا وَلَيَعْلَمَنَّ الْكَذِبِينَ So that they amongst themselves can know who is righteous amongst them and who are telling a lie to themselves. Who's putting up a show and an act just to show others, but in actual fact they are not true believers. Ya Rabb, May Allah grant us forgiveness for our shortcomings and our error. Allah lead us to what is best. We haven't managed to go into the issue of a different type of Anbiya that we've gone into. The last one we've been in was Nabi Yusuf. And we've managed to get to the end until we, Nabi Yusuf has met up, met up with his family. And I think that's where we ended in our process. We hope to go to a new process today. Hope to look at the other Anbiya, some of the other Anbiya that there is, and issues that are, would affect us equally in the day and time today so that we can actually move to what is success for ourselves in this dunya and in the akhirah. The voice there of Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams in your program Madrasa on a developing Islam in me. If you have just joined in, Assalamu Alaikum. I'm your host Yasmina Peterson and we are going to be up in your company up until 4 o'clock. We are in our first segment being Knowing My Lord and if you have any questions with regards to what Sheikh will be mentioning then do know that you can send us through a WhatsApp or you can send us through an SMS. I'm now going to be handing over to Sheikh to continue where Sheikh stopped yesterday inshallah and also looking at Nabi Lut alayhi salam a new segment for this uh, type of thing Sheikh Bismillah Shukran Jazakallah khair for that one Yasmina Yes Alhamdulillah as, as, as we said um, we were dealing with Nabi uh, Yusuf last and um, we looked at the things that Allah has granted him and the challenges Allah has granted him and we asked Allah to grant us to be of those who recognize and we see how Allah have handled the Anbiya 
those great personalities and we ask Allah that we as become righteous Muslimin so that we can follow the path of Uluhiyya unto Allah Ta'ala insha'Allah Allahumma Ameen So our next Nabi that we will be dealing with is called Nabi Lut Nabi Lut Now um, as for the understanding of who Nabi Lut is the, we need to be able to have a little bit background into the history of this Nabi where does he come from Nabi Lut is that person who is the nephew of Nabi Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam. He's the nephew of Nabi Ibrahim. And the nephew we mean is the Nabi Ibrahim's brother's son. Nabi Ibrahim's Bruce Sien is Nabi Lut. When Nabi Ibrahim was a young man, that engages people of allowing them to understand the worship of Allah then many of the people under the, the process of the control of the person Namruth who is the leader of the people there then at that time many of them did not accept Islam Nabi Ibrahim found the difficulty because his father was making uh, um, the, the idols and very little people then tended to take to Nabi Ibrahim's message except for his wife, Sarah, and a, his nephew's son, or his cousin, his, 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 his brother's son, the nephew called Lot, except for them. And Lot was a young child. When Nabi Ibrahim was banished out of his from his people and they chased Nabi Ibrahim away and the father of Nabi Ibrahim said to him after they challenged him with, with, with Nabi Ibrahim with various things and after even Nabi Ibrahim was thrown into the fire and the sword the results and Nabi Ibrahim invited his father and his father said to him he did not accept from him and the, the, the father banished him with his people away from the la from his land and he had to leave then the only people that went with him was his wife, Sarah, and his nephew, Lut. And they went with him. And obviously in the process, while they were traveling with, with Nabi Ibrahim, Nabi Ibrahim would teach them the message of Allah, would grant them the understanding of the greatness of looking into the Samawat, and looking into the sky, and looking into Allah's creation, and to ask the necessary questions, and seeing the powers, and the might, and the value and looking into themselves and seeing the fact that I have a heart that beats I have blood in my body I have bones that make me the structure of who I am I have uh, the nervous nervous system in me I have my muscles over my body I have my skin that covers my body I have other organs that actually deals with different things Subhanak. And they see the might and the power and the greatness and the glory and they look into the animal kingdom and they look around into the creation of Allah and they see this, the color schemes everywhere and they say this could not be possible without having to recognize that there is greater power out there. That this great power that possesses all this and can create the mountains to be so powerful and create the butterfly, butterfly to be so soft and gentle and kind and has got beautiful colors and shapes subhanak and flies around gently and the birds and the bees and the flowers and the trees and the sea and the mountains and the and the sky 
and the, 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 the rain and the snow and all these things and the sea, look at it, all these things, subhanak and the, 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 the deserts and subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah in observing all these things you say to yourself, subhanak there is a powerful Lord out there Nabi Ibrahim taught them the recognition of that Lord is a necessity the recognition of that Lord is a necessity but his recognition is to show us his power and his might that he has over us and we see his might and power in the fact that he's created us with eyes that we can see the, with the power of our Lord which he's put and allowed us to see with He's given us the power of our brains to fathom and to think and to ponder with. And He's given us the power of our ears to listen with. He's given us the power of the voice to be able to speak. He's given us to us the various powers that there is in our body to be able to do the different things. And we don't have any power of ourselves if we do not recognize that that powers comes from the Lord who created all these powers. So you and I as a human being, even the intimacy, intimacy of one human being with another, that love, that care, that compassion, that, that, that being there for one another, and being together as a family, and being submissive to one another and having to be intimate with one another to the extent that Allah grants you an offspring. These are all the powers of Allah. These are all the great powers of Allah. And Allah wants you to be able to recognize His powers and to see through His powers the need of having to worship Him and Him alone to grant unto Him because unto him belong all the, the Urububiyyah, everything in Urububiyyah, everything that is a Rob, a Lord, a person in charge, the Lord of all creation, belongs to Allah and to Allah alone. For everything that you've seen in creation, that you witness in creation, you do come to recognize in creation, belongs to Allah. And these are all the powers that speaks about Allah being the Rob. The rububiyyah of Allah. But Allah has created man to be able to submit to the uluhiyyah of Allah. Why? Because everything in Allah's total creation, they submit to Allah in his rububiyyah and in his uluhiyyah. But these two creation, two forms of creation, man and jinn, to them Allah has made the responsibility, put it as a load in them that they must go out of their way to give unto Allah, not his rububiyyah, because we cannot, we want to deny him rububiyyah, you are stupid enough, you are ignorant enough, you are foolish enough to be able to not give unto him what belongs to him, if you do not give to, give to him his rububiyyah. Now it's strange to note that they, we're living in a world today where the so-called intellect forces us to believe that there is a rububiyyah other than Allah. In the olden days, in the days of ignorance, there was no stupidity through universities of having to professors that teaches you to be able to deny Allah. This is the this, this, this sad period that we're living in. Where today, with all the education that man has, man can still go 
to become that stupid, that low, that ignorant, that, that, that the, the IQ can go to the extent you delve into the IQ so deep that you want to deny the Lord of all creation what belongs unto Him. But He did not create you to be able to see what you see with your eyes. Because you are ignorant, you are stupid when you see that there is a rainbow in the sky and you can dream that that, that rainbow fell out of the sky by itself. That rainbow is a creation that has been created through a process. It's not created for the moment. It's been created in such a way that the rainbow will come along at a specific time in the setup of the creator of the whole of the universe. Subhanak. But rainbows doesn't last forever. And so the sun doesn't stay in the sky forever for us. Yes, it's in the sky forever. For you and I know that. But it's in the sky when, we, when it's day for us and it's, the sun is not there when it's night for us. So it doesn't stay in our sky that we are living in. Yes, it, lay, it stays in the sky, it plays its job, and so the clouds is not there forever. The rain is not there forever. And nothing is there forever. Is it? No season remains right through. It's then summer and it changes to winter or to autumn or to spring. So all these things change and today is a warm day, tomorrow may be a cold day, the next day may be a windy day, the day thereafter may be a calm day. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. But this is all in the creation of the Creator to let us see through these things that there is somebody who is deserving of being praised and honored and somebody whom we can ask for when we are in need somebody who has the power to respond to us somebody who we submit to when he commands and somebody when he guides us that we are ready to take his hand and follow the path that he show us through and that is Allah given to the Anbiya and so Allah has given to one of those Anbiya this youngster by the name of Lut and made him a Nabi, Nabi because he was reared and nurtured by Nabi Ibrahim والسلام, and Allah has granted him to be a Nabi and Allah sent him to a specific people not far from where Nabi Ibrahim was and Allah, because he was reared by Nabi Ibrahim he followed the lifestyle of Nabi Ibrahim and he stayed with Sarah which is his aunt um, the wife of, of, of his uncle um, and he stayed with Sarah and Nabi Ibrahim and as he grew up Allah then at a certain time of his life sent him to be able to go to a certain group of people to guide them unto righteousness and Allah gave him the same message that the most important message for mankind is to come to recognize who is my Lord the knowledge of my Lord is the most important and understanding my Lord of the favors that I get Subhanak if it does not rain, our plantations cannot grow. And then there's no food for our animals to eat. So our plantations go backwards. There's no food for us to eat. Our animals can't eat. So we will all die. And if the sun doesn't shine, then we won't be able to become healthy and strong and to over overcome the process of health and to become better and healthy and physically good. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. So showing to us how Allah has created a, a world with all this and this Nabi showed this to his people and said to his people 
in coming to know your Lord, you need to come to recognize the most important thing is that you understand your Lord and you want to be able to serve your Lord for, the sake of, for His sake. And you want to do everything because he's, He sent me to guide you to righteousness. And they first started to mock at Nabi Ibrahim, at Nabi Lut. They mocked at him. And because of their mocking and because of their they, they, they listening to him and they, 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 they draw their own conclusions. Yes, no, um, he's but an ordinary person. It is, can't be true that he can be there for the benefit of man. There's many of us that's better than him. And they start to see things in their own way. And then Allah will put them through a trial. And the trial Allah gave them was one of the un most uncomfortable trials in the day and time. At that time. But it's unfortunately one of the main trials that we sit with in today's life. Ya Rabb, la hawla wa la illa billah. It is the trial of sexuality. The trial of sexuality. Now the trial of sexuality, Allah has given it through the ages to humanity. Through the ages to humanity. Through the ages to humanity. It's given to all people. But the challenge will come to different people in a different way. And there's not a person, a human, there's not a male or a female, an old one or a young one that can ever claim they were not challenged with sexuality. But the challenges are different. And so you and I need to understand what it is. Like we've just, we've just been past Nabi Yusuf not too long ago, haven't we not? And haven't we seen that even as a Nabi, Allah's challenged him to be able to see a woman busy undressing him herself in front of him and calling for him to come forward and he was almost ready to give in. He, he wanted to allow his emotions to be able to take the upper hand and Allah preserved him and protected him. We've seen that. So yes, this could happen to me. It could happen to you. It could be happen to your son or your daughter. It could happen to my son and my daughter. And so the challenges for, of these things is norm. It can happen at any moment. We are not here to undermine the processes of anybody. Or to be able to pinpoint our fingers to other people. Oh no. We're here to come to recognizing the advice of Allah in the Holy Quran. The Lord of everything. Who shows us that when he puts us through challenges... How and what must be done? And he educates us and exposes us of these things of what has happened in people before us. What happened to them and their challenges and how they respond, responded and what the response brought for them. But at the same time, besides the response of them, Allah also shows us what they should have done, what and how they should have reacted so that they could have come become successful in the processes. And so the topic or the issue of sexuality, which, have which has started with every young man and young woman, it happens with every one of us. The best of our teachers, the best of our, our scholars, the best of our, 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 our... It happened with the best of the Ambiya, didn't it? So the best of who count it happened with? It happened with the best of your moms and the best of your dads. Sorry? It happened with the best of my moms and the best of my dads. It happened to everybody. The challenge came out there. 
Some of us became successful out of the challenge, and some of us was not as successful. But some of us who were successful became better and better and passed over the goodness, and some of them who were not so successful, they gave themselves over to the process, and unfortunately they fell prey to the negativity, and they lost in the process. Now the Billah, may Allah protect all of us. Amin thumma amin. We are still in the program Madrasa on E, Developing Islam in Me, with our first segment being Knowing Malud. I was reading out a question to Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams that states from an SMS number, Sheikh, I am I'm using my right hand in terms of cleaning myself because I can't use it with my left. I can't use my left hand properly. What can I do? Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Um, and, and Yasmina, I think it's a relevant question to the circumstances and the time that we are on. But um, I, I hope the, the listener and so all other listeners is paying attention to the type of re- way that we deal with a question of that nature. Now, um, I take it for granted the person speaking from a very broad spectrum, the fact that I'm using my right hand to do my cleansing mm-hmm. of my private parts because it's difficult for me to use my left hand. And I hope I understand the question properly. I take it for granted if I'm going to respond now that the listener listen very attentively and do not actually crucify me as the person who's only bit but uh, for what I'm going to say here. And when I say that, I mean I'm not here to fight you. I love all of you for the sake of Allah. I need to love you and thank you for loving me. And may Allah grant us that we truly love one another, truly as Islam has guided us, inshallah. And so. I want to go to a hadith of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam before I actually respond to the person with a question. But something very relevant to a question asked by one of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum in the time of the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam directly relating to the very questioner today asking this question. This Sahabi in the time of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam said to the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam when, when once the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam saw him using his left hand in eating. And the Nabi said to him, eat with your right hand. And he said to the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam, but I can't. And the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam looked at him, smiled. And said to him in a beautiful way thereafter, eat with your right hand. And again he said, I can't. And you know very much that that, that, that attitude problem that speaks. You know, I say, I know my body and I know my this and you don't tell me. That, that, that attitude that we the human being have so very, very easily. And, and we can put it so vociferous uh, down at, at, at that seat and you dare not say to me. I'm just saying to us, please. Listen attentively. This is the messenger of Allah Ta'ala speaking to you, to you, to yes, to you, the listener, to each one and every one of you, and to me. He's speaking to us, and you and I need to be the Muslims, not he. He is the leader of the Muslims. He's the guide to the Muslim Ummah. You and I need to become Muslim. And we need to see if we do not follow his guidance and way, we cannot then claim that we are truly Muslim. But this is so imperative. So yes, when the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam saw this person reacting in that way for the third time, for the second time, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam placed a more gentle voice, better smile on his face, 
looking at the person and said to him, Eat with your right hand. And then the person had the audacity. Unfortunately, the audacity, he had the audacity to say, But I can't. Now, how dare you? Shame upon you that you use your thought of your imagination that I know myself better than my Prophet whom Allah Ta'ala have sent me. He definitely knows me better than what I know myself. And listen to him. The Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam did not say a single word. The Ahadith indicates to us that Sahabi could never ever again use his right hand because he thought that he knows better than that which Allah has sent and was not trying to do his best to see what he can do. Now I hope the person, everybody has understood my response to the question in that manner at first. I'm going to answer the question now. With that background, we say to the questioner, if you do not mind, if you ought to be a person who finds it difficult, then break your back. If your Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, do X, break your back, go the million miles, and see that you harm yourself, so that you do what your Nabi say, instead of imagining you know better. For sure, you are a fool. You are obviously backward, and you can only become much more backward if you think you know better. But if you say, this is my Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and I am a Muslim, and I have been challenged with Allah, what Allah has put onto me, but, I, but I'm going to try my best. And when you try and depend and turn to Allah, and begging Allah so that you can follow that which your Nabi has shown you, if it's not meant to be, then you've tried, and you haven't become obstinate, and you didn't think yourself better, and you did not imagine yourself, I know who I am. You've tried your utmost best to serve the path of being a Muslim that our Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has was sent to show you and me how to live this deen. And when he said to us, use your left hand for your, on your private parts, then see that you and I go that far to be able to say, how far can I do that? Now, sorry that I've given a, a, a hadith that showed negativity, but in the world that we're living in today, we find people who don't have arms, who don't have legs, um, but they do, they, they strive to be able to use their body powers, the powers that there is. For when Allah has removed from you something, He's given it to you in some, some other way. And so, yes, if the person is a challenged person, by Allah do not use it at all and Allah has challenged you that you cannot use your hand it's not an arrogance that you have and it's not being obstinate and not saying that I know but you don't tell me please may Allah not grant us to be of those when we are taught we say is this what our Nabi has said let me go the extra miles and if even that needs to be happening forever thereafter, and even if it needs to happen to become uncomfortable, but I try my very best, my Lord is going to grant me the rewards for my efforts, and I've put him into submission to him and to his Prophet Muhammad 
sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. May Allah accept from all of us, inshallah. I mean, inshallah, shukran so much for that, Sheikh. We are now in our second part of the program, being I'm a Muslim, what is expected of me? To know that you can send through your questions to our WhatsApp and our SMS. We are now in our second part of the program, being I am a Muslim, what is expected of me? And before I hand over to your Sheikh, there is a question that came through, and this is now from the number 2049. It says, Salam, Sheikh, what if the toilet and bathroom is in one, and someone speak to you and wants to know the answer especially if you are spe- if you are teaching the little one in terms of cleansing himself or herself I think I first want to say thank you very very much for that uh, listener out there two things one the situation of what we find ourselves in in the modern day where most of the toilets and bathrooms is in one and secondly the very process that the mother's indicating to us that there is or need to be a teacher or a guide to the youth for things that happens with the basic development in life, right? And may Allah grant khair and barakah to all of us, inshallah. The situation from the side of the way we find ourselves in situations such as having the toilet and the bathroom in one, then we just need to be cognizant, aware of the fact that the toilet is in the same place where the bathroom is. Now in the time of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa these two things were in place together. In the modern day and time, um, even in the days of our, of our forefathers, we had the toilet one side and the bathroom was somewhere else. Right? They were not even next to one another. Right? But the world that is developed so and looks at it and calls it a, a, a water closet, and a water closet means where there's water used from, from both sides, so we, so we just put it into, either you put it next to one another or you put it in one. And you're putting it into one, um, unfortunately, your dad and my dad's wasn't all that prepared or strong enough to be able to stop it from happening and so it landed in our time it would have been preferable preferable if we could have had it a toilet separate to a bathroom but the reality is what it is like today so the question is quite relevant and we need to know that because i'm using the toilet i'm using the toilet as a bathroom as well then the same as what i normally do when i enter into the toilet with the advice of our nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam so that you and i before we go into the toilet that we speak and to ask and beg of allah for help and assistance i think must become part of the educational system in when we rear our children to remind them that when we go and use the toilet for the toilet or for the bathroom must be able to become a process where we say the dua that was taught to us by our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam seeking uh, protection by Allah from the wrath and the harm of what now happens in what we call the negative zone. Because the negative zone can be destructive, it is hazardous, it can destroy us physically and spiritually. protect us. And secondly, the use of the, 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 the bathroom because of we also open ourselves open to the, oh, we, we, we stand naked there, then in that case, we open up our private parts, then for that matter, it's best to be able to make the dua before entry. And we seek of our children that we do not speak unless there's necessity. 
Now, what is necessity? What the mother is saying her in her. I'm speaking to my son. I'm showing him or educating him or teaching him how to stinger or how to cleanse himself. And in the process of that, he asks me a question. I indicate to him, I will answer you when we go out. Right? Which means, if I do not need to answer him now, but I can allow him to understand what he's going through, I'm showing or I've um, showing him outside what ex- it's expected to happen and I then take him in the toilet the act is done and for the innocence of the child he asks the question he's got the absolute right but we must be wise to be able to show him that we don't always answer very easily in the toilet we be able to use seek the protection and we take him out of the toilet clean him clean him and help him and understand and then outside we give him a training process outside to show him what needs to happen so that he does not get himself exposed to the wrath and the wrong and the negativity that there is that you and I cannot see with the naked eyes. May Allah protect inshallah. Shukran so much for that, Sheikh. Do note that you can send through your questions to our WhatsApp as well as our SMS line. Now, Sheikh is going to be continuing where Sheikh stopped before the break. Sheikh, bismillah. Shukran, jazakallah khairan um, In our last lesson, we happen to have been in the process of the toilet and we got to the process of just before exiting the toilet we yesterday went into the reminder of the istibra process that needs to happen for all of us so that everything of the last bit of urine and last bit of of of, of um, whatever excretion must be able to come out of our bodies and makes it easy and healthy for us and so our nabi sallallahu alaihi has taught us when you then exit the toilet you then come to the process of exit. When you come to the exit process of the toilet, then there is a special dhikr to be made. This is not a dua, this is a dhikr. Now, a dua is when you recognize you need Allah and you beg of Allah and you please plea from Allah, you want something from Him. That's a dua. A dhikr is where you now give something to Allah. And the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa taught us, he said, Ghufranak. Pardon me, pardon me, my Lord. Your forgiveness I request. Why? The Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa indicated that the reason why he said, Ghufranak, your forgiveness, my Lord, your pardon, my Lord, simply is because I did not remember you whilst being in the toilet. I did not have a relationship with you in the toilet. Subhanak. Because the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's whole life was dhikr all the time and intimacy with Allah all the time, relating and interacting with Allah daily. Right through his day, one of the places he did not use is when he went to relieve himself. Whether it is, is in his personal capacity, or in a personal capacity of his own in the private toilet, as we said, or in the public toilet if he had to go there. For if he had to use the toilet, what we call the toilet of today, if we had to use the public or the private toilet, he then would put him in st- into the state of not being in remembrance. So the moment he gets out of that, as he steps out from the point where he had relieved himself, he gets one, two, three steps from there, then he would say, Hufranak, your pardon, my Lord, forgive me, my Lord, for the fact that I did not remember you. Alhamdulillahi ladhi adhaba anil adha. All thanks and praises due to Allah, the one who has protected me from the wrong that could have affected my body. Shukran so much for that, Sheikh. We are going to our second program, that is, I am a Muslim, what is expected of me. So I'm going to be handing over to Sheikh to continue where Sheikh stopped just before we broke for news. Sheikh, bismillah. Shukran, that's one of the
Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. We just before the break, we were in the segment of the Istinja as indicating that the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam exits the toilet and taught us a dhikr to make in praise to Allah and the words we said was Ghufranak Alhamdulillahi alladhi adhaba anni al-adha wa afani the meaning of those words is and now the, the remembrance that you and I need to understand if something comes from the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam remember it doesn't come from an alim or a sheikh or a maulana or a professor it is something far more superior and it's the best for us that we see that we stick to that and we learn it to every detail we know it we know what we say we know the meaning and so that the application of that becomes norm in each and one of us, our lives and the lives of our offspring. And we make it sure, our, this is the words of our Nabi, we, we give it honor, we give it praise, we make it important in our life and we make it important in the life of our children, right? Because remember, there is no professor and no doctor and no uh, a personal writer who's come up with something. This comes, remember, what comes from the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is considered of the best because he doesn't get anything from himself everything that he came with came from Allah the Lord of the universe Subhanak. Allah says to us in the Holy Quran وَمَا يَنْتِقُ عَنِ الْهَوَى أَوْ نَبِي صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ never 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 ever took anything from its own mind he never draw conclusions and uh, uh, said the results is X, Y, and Z because of this, that, and the other. Nay, he never did that. Whatever he presented to us, it was made a surety that Allah Ta'ala has made sure the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi was given this from Allah to Jibreel and to our Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to pass it over to us. Subhanak. That it is part of revelation from Allah that and if he teaches us a dua, it is the revelation of Allah in his words that he said, when he said to us, when you exit the toilet, please say, Ghufranak, pardon me, my Lord. Alhamdulillah, all gratitude is belongs to you. Thank you very, very much. Alhamdulillah, thanks belongs to you, Allah. The one who has removed from me the harms and the negativities and the toxins and the wrongs and the, 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 the hazards that actually could have touched my body uncomfortably. And has given me prosperity and health and strength to be able to carry on. For what we know is if we look in the dua, if we had not to relieve ourselves, can you imagine the extent of the pain your body and mind would have gone through? I just want to give you a reminder. The doctor says, if your kidney does not work, or there's a, a lack in the kidney, or you have what they call a kidney failure, then unfortunately the kidney cannot remove the toxins from the blood and when the toxins cannot be removed from the blood it goes and stays in the bloodstream and if it stays in, in the bloodstream then unfortunately the blood goes to everybody else everywhere else in the body and it contaminates all the body organs and if the body is contaminated all its organs then the body can die down slowly you get what they call a slow death 
with extreme pain and extreme severity. Why? Because the kidney, that part of the body which needs to do the cleansing, the cleansing department um, of the, the Western Cape, if I can put it that way, is not working. Can you imagine the filth and the dirt and the, 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 how the place will be stinking and how everything will become rotten and negative and corrupt if the cleansing department does not do their job? That is how important the kidney is to the body. And subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah, the kidney does that job. And so you say, and I say, thank you, my Lord, for having to allow the kidney to do this job, because if it did not do this job, then you and I could have died in the process. Nay, we could have rotten away in a very uncomfortable and a bad state with smells and filth and feeling uncomfortable and all the dirt coming out everywhere else besides of where it needs to come through. Because the use of the toilet where you know that you need to be able to relieve yourself is such an important aspect that you and I need to see that. Now, it just reminds me that there was something important that I wanted to share with you that it slipped me. Before our Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam exited the toilet, in actual fact, when he entered into the toilet, now those days the toilet was not equal to our toilets, remember? We said that to you. The toilet of those days was the open land. Now if it is not in a private area that the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was, we actually had something that he relieved himself in, and he went into the public open space far away from home, then when the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam got there, he actually created something, we uh, use a scoop to be able to remove some space on the ground so that uh, there can be a little area where that, that is uh, as if he has created a little hole and he actually leaves himself within the whole area there and the, the urine and the exit, the, the excrete comes from and lands in that whole area and then when the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has completed this process taught us to be able to close that area with the sand of the dirt of the ground to cover it and not to leave it exposed and not to leave it open yes the sun and the, and the wind and the rain can probably clean the area if it cannot be if, if it happens to be that you cannot do so uh, in, in circumstances where you find yourself in a rocky land and you cannot make a hole there and you cannot cannot cover it you probably um, then depend on Allah you try your best to cover to use certain things over it but Anabi has taught us to be able to cover it and to close it and it's probably here I just want to remind us remember the use of the modern toilet today closing the toilet pot covering and seeing that it's always clean and closed and seeing that we leave it behind in the manner that you want it to be used you leave it behind in a manner that you think it's best for you when you enter the toilet. If I want to use the toilet, I leave it behind in a manner that I believe. If I want to come back here, I want to have it used uh, and I want to have the freedom to be able to see a clean place where everybody has been considerate of me. So I must be considerate in using the toilet and I must be nurtured, must be taught, must be skilled, must be drilled, must be shown the way how to keep the place clean for me when I want to come back here. 
For if I have not prepared myself, nobody else outside will prepare themselves. And then if I want to use the toilet again, it's going to be filthy, it's going to be stinky, it's going to be dirty, and it's going to be bad. Everybody who's going to walk in might be able to just feel bad because I've used it last. And remember the words of the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Then Allah curses me Because I did not clean it And somebody else walked in When they experienced my dirt That I left there Subhanak So our Nabi even showed us That we need to clean it We need to um, If you finish your job Just cover the place the space, uh, So that when anybody pass the area They don't see it, it they, they don't smell it They don't, don't experience it and you don't, don't do harm for them. And when they pass by, it's covered, they don't realize that. And what you've actually done, you've covered it into the ground, it becomes naturally, it decays into the ground by itself, becomes part of the earth. Subhanak. La hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. The Nabi teaching us the best forms of the natural formats of cleansing for ourselves and what we do unto others. And so you don't, you don't do your job and walk away. It's inhumane. It's not human. No, it's not Muslim. It's not Muslim. You do your job and you walk away. Uh, no, you do your job. And part of the job is that you need to see that you leave behind a positive state in the negative state that there is for other people who need to come to use that also. And not only for others, but when you return there, that you want to find it in the best possible way, inshallah. Inshallah. Shukran so much for that, Sheikh. That now then brings us to the end of our segment, I Am a Muslim, What is Expected of Me? And we now progress on to leadership in Islam and its progression. I'll hand you over to Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams, inshallah, to continue where he stopped yesterday. Sheikh, bismillah. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillah. Wahda wa salatu wa salamu ala man la nabiya ba'd. رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل أقدة من لساني يفقه قولي اللهم علمنا بما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وارزقنا علما يا ذا الجلال والإكرام السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته الحمد لله brothers and sisters we've been in our last we are now in our last segment and uh, in this segment we're dealing with leadership in Islam and we're looking at the things that actually brings about positive leadership both in us as we know the advice of our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he reminded us and he said to us kullukum ra'in each and every one of you are a leader you ought to be leaders you need to take leadership you need to uh, you need to uh, accept it and Execute it and take it over and pass it over to others. Not when you think you are a leader. He says you are leaders because when the circumstances calls for you to take charge, you need to take charge. Not because you want to take charge or you feel yourself better than others. Oh no, that is not leaders. Leadership is a necessity that each and every one of us need to be able to see that we execute it in accordance. Because Allah is going to challenge us and put the situation in our laps that we need to be able to guide others. And if we are not the leaders that we ought to be, we will not be able to guide. And misguidance will then come from us. And if misguidance comes with us, we will have to carry the load of misguiding the rest of the ummah my family my friends whoever there is may Allah protect all of us so having to take leadership is a necessity and we need to prepare ourselves for that leadership is a necessity of those issues that we've gone to in that leadership is the issue called communication because it's an extremely important subject 
And in the field of communication we've gone, we've reached at a process where we've started to speak on the issue of advice and advice giving. And we've shared with you certain ayat and certain ahadith in the last program that we've been there. And we've looked at the process of seeing that we need to be able to bring back advice giving in our lifestyle. And in, in yesterday's uh, program, we shared with you some of the advice that has happened in the days of the younger, younger days when we were around in difficult uh, in moments where Allah Ta'ala has granted us our forefathers to left behind a message to the people around them so that there can constantly be a sense of advice giving in our community. That our community always gave advice and saw that advice was there all the time. And we saw how Allah shows us that the messenger says their job is only to give advice. And so our forefathers has left behind a legacy of advice giving to such an extent that even if non-Muslims were prevalent in that day and time, that they became involved in the advice giving of our forefathers, that they had an impression on the non-Muslims of the day and time so that they can leave behind when they had to take the message from our forefathers, that the non-Muslims would take that message from our forefathers and pass over the positive to our children in the future. And that we saw happen, and I gave the example of what happened in the days of District 6. And we, I mentioned to you about Pit. And I said to you how Pit took the young boys and they went to go and play the cricket. And he, he was the trainer for training them the cricket. But when the Adhan went, Butapit said to them, you all sit down. And Butapit went sitting down. And they sat there and he said, not a word. You don't do anything. You don't play with the balls. You, you sit down, the Adhan is going. You give respect, you show respect to the Adhan. And whoever there was of the adult Muslim boys, they had to go off to the masjid to come and perform salah. He sends them off. Butapit does that. And then when the Adhan is finished, the, those of your boys who were taught the du'a, he says to you, you make your du'a. And when the du'a is finished, he says, okay, now the young ones of you, we can actually go on with the, with the training process and he carries on training them. Until the training was done and the other boys came and they were all then left back home and they went home. But that is not the only type of things that happened with us. Many a time we stayed in the road. Then uh, uh, we had brothers and sisters that was all playing in the road. And Auntie Mary stays on the opposite, our neighbors. And um, Auntie Mary is on the stoop that moment. She watches the kids playing on the, on the street. And as she watches the kids, she hears the adhan. And Auntie Mary takes her scarf and she covers her head. So this is Auntie Mary. She covers her head. She, she realizes that for the Muslims sake, the adhan is going, let me cover my hair. Let me co cover my aura. She covers the puts her. This is Auntie Mary. She's the Auntie Mary and she's not Muslim. And she puts her scarf onto her head and she calls her daughters, Joan and Magdalene, come inside. Do you hear the Adhan going? And she sees Buddha Muhammad and Auntie Riwaida. She says, Biba, Khad Banatu, and Abdullah, Masitu Khanna. That's what Auntie Mary would say, that Auntie Mary. Auntie Ma I repeat, Auntie Mary would do this. And yes, Alhamdulillah, Allah's granted of Auntie Mary's children. And with a pizza they became Muslim. 
they entered into this deen and then they became Muslims better than you and me with more iman, with more taqwa, with more consciousness, with more awareness and going to seek the need to become real Muslims and they become friends of good Muslims and they take, and sometimes some of their children became the ulama of this ummah. Allahu Akbar. You and I supposed to have been the leaders. You and I supposed to have been those people who's given the positive deen. A period in our life where Abu Tapit was nurtured by the Muslims of our forefathers and Auntie Mary was nurtured by the, the, the mothers of our forefathers and they passed over that message, right? And they made sure that they could do the positivity. That if they saw our children on a Thursday evening, the Muslim children, anywhere else, busy with anything other, they made it their duty to say to the child, I will report your, you to your mom and your dad. I will see that this is just them. And the child wouldn't dare say a single thing. The child will feel so respectable and feel so honored because Auntie Mary is saying that or Auntie Peter is saying that. And they would rush off home and they would want to find an excuse for their dad and mom before, before Auntie Mary or Pitapit comes there. They knew their mom and the dad is going to not find an excuse for them. Going to react and accept what Auntie Pete, Auntie Mary says, or Buddha Pete says. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. The world has changed today. It's not a Buddha Pete and Auntie Mary that must be blamed. It's you and I. For we have now given into what the government of the day wants for us. The child has a right, and we must give the rights of the children, the honor of the children. And not realize that child is ignorant. That child, even if he's mukallaf or older, has got no responsibility of himself. He doesn't realize. So Peter Pitt had a deep concern, a deep true concern for him. And so Auntie Mary had that. But that concern that came from Auntie Mary and Buddha Pitt was the nurturing process of our Muslim, true Muslim forefathers who did their best to see that they had an effect on even the non-Muslims of the environment of the day and time had they leave, left behind not a positive uh, um, legacy with, uh, in, um, in their own homes with their own children but they saw that the environment was infested with positivity the environment was infested with positivity with the message of Allah and then the message of Islam sallallahu alayhi wa sallam we need to ask the question where do we fit in today? subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah and this is the message of understanding the issue of when we speak about advice giving now, uh, uh, I've said the reason for the circumstances why Auntie Mary and Buddha Pitt was like that and Subhanak what happened to them may Allah grant all of us khair and barakah those whom Allah has given the exposure of being Muslims that we realize that we must be able to strive to become like Islam expects of to us to be I almost want to say to be like Buddha Mary and Auntie Mary Subhanak but it's unfortunate we must be like the scholar like, like the slaves of Allah we must be the true Abdullah each and every one of us and we must be able to be that slaves that loves Allah Ta'ala and loves his message and loves his messenger and wanting to see that we carry our duty and seeing that advice becomes a norm in the, our life again inshallah may Allah grant that to become a norm and unfortunately 
our life today is such a situation where we almost have no concern. We see things happening, we are careless, we're not worrying. But the Nabi sallallahu Allah says to us in the Holy Quran, when the, um, the Anbiya of before us has reminded their people, and the people lost their responsibility of reminding their people, and when they, they lost the responsibility of giving advice, when they lost that, then unfortunately the wrong was happening around them, and they did not care. And today we would go out and we see our brother's children, or as we see our, our, our cousins and our nephews and nieces, and they de do deal with all the, the wrongful things, and they become exactly like the West becomes, and they do everything like the West, and we don't even say a single word. It's like normal, common, it's accepted. Example, in the time of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he saw a young boy coming to him. And this boy had his hair cut on the one side, and the other side the hair was left. And he saw that and he said to, this, to the boy, go back to your parents and tell them, they either remove all your hair, but they cannot do, do that by leaving a portion cut and a portion left on. It is common today. It is norm. It is un-Islamic. It is the advice of our Nabi. But it's become so normal, so common, almost in every Muslim home, the haircut is an Islamic, an un-Islamic haircut. So if it's un-Islamic, what happens then? We become satanic. We become we become become one in shaitan. We become one with iblis. We become loving his lifestyle. We follow the trend. We don't have a, a structure. There is no way we are not organized. We are so monkey see, monkey do. Which is what others do. We follow, with even asking questions. We ought to be Muslim, but it's not our children. We, you and me, the adults of the day, we the ones who have been reared of yesterday, we give in, we allow, we entertain, we accept, we don't ever ask, what is my responsibility? If I am Muslim, I need to ask the question always, what does Allah want from me? What does Allah expect of me? A true leader always asks that question. What does Allah want from me? And then, if Allah has given to me His command, has exposed me to, the answer simply is, Allah has already given that to me. Because the Quran has got all the answers. And the life of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has got all the answers for us. So I need, just need to ask the question and be innocent and accept the fact that I don't know and I'm ready to want to know. Something is happening, but what does Allah expect with us from us in a situation like that? I find the answer and then I ask question number two. So when that happened in the time of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, how did the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam respond to that or react to that? that it can be a lesson for you and me so that we can implement that in the accordance of the situation or the challenge that Allah has given us. And that is what we should be doing. What does Allah expect of me? And how did our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa implement that? Ya Rab, those are the two common questions we're supposed to ask. And we're supposed to be able to do that so that 
when we need to be able to give the advice, if we've asked the question appropriate, we'd be able to know how to, to advise our children. Isn't it so? But we don't know how to advise him because we don't ask the question. So it's not the child that does the wrong, it's to be blamed. It's you and me who are the parents of that child, who allow that child to get the exposure. And so the one child sees the other child and this child, and my children show the other children, and the other children shows my children, and becomes norm and common, and we accept it. That we don't even ask the, the, the basic questions to ourselves. The basic question, the question number one, which makes me Muslim, is what does Allah expect of me? What is Allah's message to me? What is Allah's command of me? What is expected of me to be to show Allah my uluhiyya to Allah? And I don't take that responsibility. How do I call myself Muslim? May Allah protect all of us. We're not here to be able to think ill of anybody. It happens to me, it happens to my families, it happens to all of us. But the purpose for Madrasan is to allow us to realize where are we really? Are we on par of what Islam expects of us? We are the ones that entertain the world today. We are the Muslims. My name is Ibrahim and your name is Abdullah and Abdul Hamid and Abdul Hakim and Arwaida and Habiba. We are the Muslim people. But we are living in this, this environment which is almost, almost completely un-Islamic. And we say, this is Islam? Is this the Islam of Allah, which He, the message that He sent? And is this the Islam practiced and shown to us by His Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam? And as long as we cannot accept that, and as long as we're not prepared to admit to that, and we cannot want to work to the change to positivity of what is right Allah is not going to keep our children responsible but you and I we are going to be kept responsible may Allah protect all of us inshallah Ameen Ya Rabbal Alameen Ya Rabbal Alameen We are in our final segment being leadership in Islam and its progression and Sheikh is going to be continuing where Sheikh stopped Sheikh Bismillah Shukran Jazakallah Khair for that one Yasmina and then we think the best MashaAllah just before the break, um, we were busy discussing on what happens in the time that we find ourselves in today. And now the beloved brothers and sisters, and I'm terribly sorry that I am standing, sitting in the pro, uh, studio, speaking to all of you, telling you about negativities that happens within the process of the responsibility of Islam, where the Nabi sallallahu alaihi said to us, we need to take leadership, and we've been busy unfolding the processes and leadership, and we see that we're not on par. Right? And, and and yet it hurts. It truly hurts. And and I, I ask you, Marv, I'm sorry. For now I'm the one that need to remind you and me. But the reminders on me, myself first, brothers and sisters, if you don't mind. Please try to understand. I'm not here because I want to show you to you the negativity. But remember, growth development is the height of impossibility if you're not prepared to want to accept to want to embrace the negativities to identify it and to admit it to yourself and to say it is the truth and to say yes my responsibility is to be muslim and being muslim means i need to know it i need to know the wrong so that i can move from that wrong to the right if i don't know the wrong I and my offspring will land in the law of the wrong, we will live the wrong, and we will think that the wrong that we're living, that is Islam. And we might be billions of kilometers or miles or life, light years away from Islam. May Allah protect all of us and our offsprings. 
And so the understanding for you and me of the recognizing the seriousness of advice coming back into this ummah and we allowing ourselves to be able to see that's a free flow of advice being given that's, that there is at every mother and every father and every adult take the responsibility and every Muslim child takes the responsibility when they see an injustice we stand up against that injustice for if you do not stand up against the injustice you entertain it you encourage it you discourage it you allow it and you will be kept responsible by Allah for you as if you did the act yes you did not do the act but Allah Ta'ala is gonna give because you saw it you knew it and you did nothing you also saw it you did not know better but you did not make your duty to find what is what Allah wants and so Allah is gonna still keep you responsible because for you and me to be able to claim that I am Muslim but I do not know what Islam expects of me and I am backward and I don't want to know and I allow the circums to carry circumstances to carry on it is not fruitful for Islam it's not good for calling me Muslim it's not good for allowing us to be the Muslim Ummah and according to the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam listen to this one if you and I are not gonna do our duties if we're not gonna open up our eyes if we're not gonna admit to the faults and the errors that there is and we're not gonna go out to seek to want to bring change within ourselves if we do not want to go and find the truth and the haq what is it that Allah expects of me and what did my Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam how did he do it if I don't go to find that then unfortunately Unfortunately, I will be kept responsible like the person who did the act and Allah will replace me with a people who will live their life for Allah, who will give the total submission to Allah. Allah will replace us, the so-called Muslims of today, with a group of people who were not Muslims. They weren't born Muslim like you and me. They enter into this deen. They fall in love with Allah and his message and they give themselves over to this message and they love it and when they love that life Allah will grant him the great status of Jannah and Allah might not grant it to you and to me people I'm sorry that I had to share these but this is the reality this is the way our Nabi described to us what will happen may Allah grant us to come back to Islam coming back to Islam is a submission of identification of negativity that spreads that's why like wildfire of negativity at the, in the time in the day that we're living in if you and I cannot admit that and submit ourselves to realizing that we are part of the circumstances changes will not come our children our offspring our future generation might not find the path to gender nobody else will be blamed it is not giving my child the name Ibrahim that will make him a Muslim. He might be Ibrahim and lined up into a church, or lined up in, in a synagogue, or lined up into a, a, a disbelief. Billah. May Allah protect all of us and grant us recognition and grant us understanding that Allah Ta'ala has sent a Nabi with all the answers that I will ever, ever, ever need. 
and he's given us all the guidelines how to be the rulers how to be the leaders how to show the way we've gone lost we are lost that's why Allah reminds us to beg of Allah oh Allah we beg you grant us to come back to the true path grant us guidance grant us true guidance not misguidance oh Allah we've been misguided by circumstances oh Allah till our forefathers were misguided because of circumstances we are not here to blame them oh Allah we recognize it is a reality that's why we are so deep 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 away from the true Islam oh Allah what's gonna happen if we're not gonna open our eyes oh Allah if we're not gonna admit to the reality what's gonna happen to our offspring what's gonna happen to our children what's going to happen to them are they going to love islam how can they if they don't know better and if we don't want to bring change to ourselves and we don't want to know better allah open the path for us allah islam is vast islam has great detail but islam is easy and islam is beautiful and Islam expects a lot of submission for your cause, Allah, in this dunya. But you're only putting that load on us so that you wish for us the best of this world and the best for our hereafter. It would be sad to know that you loved a dunya where there was challenges and uncomfort in and difficult and pain and uncomfortable things in. And yet when I die the day, I go through more uncomfort Allah, we beg you, we ask in us, we wish to return. Oh Allah, we are wrongful, we wish to become better. Oh Allah, we are ignorant, we beg you for your insight, for your wisdom, for your knowledge. Grant us, oh Allah, lead us to the path where we need to seek, where we show we want to bring change, where we admit that we lack the true understanding of this deen, and that we are nowhere near to what the sunnah tariqah is of our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Our forefathers, the pioneers, the great leaders of yesteryear, those people who were nurtured by Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, those people who offered their life to leave about in Islam for you and me, for Allah grant us to return to that so we can bring back Islam in us. The one aspect for that is to be able to see that we become alive with advice within my life for others and I'm ready to listen to the advice that others when they guide me. May Allah grant khair and barakah for all of us inshallah. Inshallah, the time is now 3.51 and we break for ads and when we come back we are in our last segment of the program as well as our last few minutes to the program as well and do note that you can send through your questions to the number 072-238-0712 alternatively you can send to an SMS to 47913 before I hand over to Sheikh there's just a few reminders that I would love to remind you about and this is the time where you can grab your pen and paper to know that the next workshop is going to be on the 1st of April inshallah and that's going to be at the St. Athens Road Masjid same time that's going to be from 3 o'clock until 5 o'clock if you did not get your application form you can go onto our website and that is www.vocfm.co.za and that is where you can download your application form in terms of getting filling that in and also along with maybe bringing a friend along if you don't want to attend alone and then also in the month of March there is the excursion happening on the 26th of March and that year you can bring your friend along there as well as you can fill out 
the application form online if you do not have that facilities however you don't have a computer or internet or even a smartphone for that matter then you can come to the VOC offices and this is where you can grab your application form and you can fill that out and do note that you can also bring a friend along with the for the excursion as well as for the workshops that will be taking place on the 1st of April as well as the excursion being on the 26th of March the numbers once again in which I need to give to you that is the whatsapp number and the SMS number which is 47913 the whatsapp number is 072-238-0712 like I said we're in our last program and our last segment being leadership in Islam and its progression thereof and do note that for programming you can go to our website that is iono.vocfm.co.za that is where you can download the podcast on the if you have missed any of the programming during the course of the week and then Sheikh will just also be recapping on where she stopped last so that is all on I own now for you to grasp inshallah that is the episodes in which you did not because I know that some of you are working at the moment as well so it's difficult for you to tune in at the time from 2 till 4 but podcast will be on I own now but for now I'm not going to babble on anymore I'll head over to Sheikh inshallah to continue where she stopped with regards to leadership in Islam and its progression Bismillah Sheikh Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Shukran for that one, Auntie Yasmina. Before the break, we were busy speaking on the issue of leadership in Islam, and we were dealing with the issue of advice. And uh, if we um, claim to love our fellow Muslims, one measurement of that love is how much we prepare to give sincere advice to convey to them. To care about others means to accept the responsibility of pointing out their mistakes and their errors. If we do not, our love that we claim that we have for others may only be a superficial verbal claim and not a warm, heartfelt feeling that we show to others. Remember, we mentioned to you the role of Butapit, of Antimeri. They were not Muslims, but they, they showed Islamic qualities in them. May Allah grant you and I to become Muslim again. That Islam becomes in us again. That it lives in us and it lives in our environment, in our children and our offspring. And that Allah grants us and our offspring to be able to be the leaders of true Islam and that they take forward. I want to remind that words I said before the break, that words of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa and the words of Allah, where Allah says, if you are not prepared to give advice to others and you give in for all the things that you see and you're not prepared to ask yourself the question what does Allah expect of me and how did our Nabi do the act if we not prepared to want to love that our Nabi says sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and Allah says in the Quran then Allah will replace us with a people who will offer their love their life for the love of Allah for the love of Allah's message, for the love of the deen of Islam. Arab. May Allah grant us to be them. May Allah grant us to be part of them. May Allah not grant us to be to us and our offspring to fall away and to do the wrong and the negativity and open up the process of negativities. May Allah grant us to be true Muslims and that we actually realize the need for bringing about love in our hearts for one another through the process of having to remind when we see others do wrong that we remind ourselves 
Allah has shown me that because Allah knows that Allah is going to give me the responsibility and I must remind them. For if I do not, when my children does the wrong, others will not show them the way. May Allah protect me and my children, you and your children, and all of us. And those whom Allah has given us that is the greatness and glory to be of this wonderful religion of Islam. And Allah makes us appreciate it. And Allah grants us the recognition of the fact how fortunate we are. And that we show Allah the true appreciation by having to bring advice in our own lives. Be ready to listen to others when they guide us. And be ready to be able to see that we give the reminders to our children or advice to our children and our offspring and the younger generation. I need to say may Allah grant forgiveness to all of us. We've reached the end of this program. Unfortunately, time goes so very, very quick. Can we put our hands together in the final dua? Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Wal-asr inna al-insana lafi husr illa al-lazina amanu wa amilu al-salihat wa tawasaw bil-haqi wa tawasaw bil-sabr wa sallallahu ala sayyidina wa maulana muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahabihi wa barik wa salim subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik nashadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Alameen, 4 o'clock on the dot, and that brings me to the end of the program. Yet again, Madrasa on A Developing Islam in Me. Hope that you have benefited from this as well as now you can apply all of these in which you have learned into your life to become a bit of Muslim, inshallah. Ameen. From myself, Yasmina Peterson, alongside Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams, as we bid you, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, and have a great day further, inshallah.